Welcome. This is your host, Trent Hazi, and this is Innovation at Work. Bailey, thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to have you on board. And um, first, I figured maybe we just have you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe your career for the past few years. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Trent. Um, yeah, my name is Bailey, and I'm originally from California. Went to school with Trent, and my career, I started out bopping around doing tons of stuff in San Francisco and eventually ended up at Instagram, and I was an early employee at Instagram on the community team there, which in the beginning meant doing anything and everything, um, and towards the end kind of uh, became a little bit of brand marketing, I'd say. Um if you could give it a parallel to, to something that already existed um, in the world or at Facebook. And then I decided after being at Instagram for a few years that I wanted to go have an adventure. So I traveled for a year, came back and moved to New York. And in New York, I freelanced for a couple of different companies, um, including IDEO and StoryCorps and This American Life. And now I'm back in California working for a new media startup called Pop-Up Magazine. Um, it's a magazine performed live. Uh, you guys should all check it out. It's it's a really, really fun format to go go have a nice evening of storytelling. And then they also have a physical magazine called the California Sunday Magazine. So kind of a little bit in between storytelling and technology now. Yeah, it, it seems like that's kind of the common themes throughout your career is storytelling, using media to, to really portray something, um, yeah. which is awesome. So... You know, I'm super interested in your time at Instagram. Tell me, how, how big was the team when you joined? You know, we, it's so funny because I think we, have all, we were always very, very small, but people had this reticence to do the, like, numbering of the employees. At Instagram, it just felt like a little bit too self-conscious or self-aware or something. But I think that I was the eighth employee to sit down in the office to come and have a desk. Um, so we were tiny and for like, you know, I think people in the Bay area know that Instagram was always small, but they were four people for about a solid, I think like year, year and a half, um, during which they had insane growth. So, I mean, it was a really tiny company just for a huge part of its existence. And the time that I came in was really like the first big wave of hiring and pretty soon after like within a month or two Facebook acquired us so um we were we were a tiny a tiny team for quite a while that's cool were you did you have a direct report or were you kind of the entire community team so my boss boss like it was pretty flat when I came in um it seemed like a lot of individual contributors but um, the first hire at Instagram outside of the founders is a guy named Josh, who was the community team. So he did it before they hired another engineer, which is, is something that's pretty rare in the Valley, um, I think, in most tech companies. Um, but yeah, so Josh was really sort of like the visionary around what community was for Instagram and, and was definitely the leader of our team. And I just think he's a super smart guy and had really good intuitive ideas about how to just connect to and relate with the people that were using Instagram. And um, yeah, so he, he was the person that I worked closely with, but we were a team of four on the community team when we were just eight people. And so I think that's something that like not that many people know about Instagram was that we put a lot of resources towards 
you know, everything to do with how we communicated and supported our community in, in comparison to, I think, a lot of other products out there, especially ones that grow so quickly. That's amazing uh, to have yeah. 50% of the company at the time being on the community side. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is really crazy. And I mean, we were doing, you know, I think community is something that is a little bit vague in terms of how people, you know, like a lot of some people might see it as just responding to tweets or um, being in forums and making sure people aren't, you know, like behaving in certain ways, I suppose. It, it, it depends on the company. It's so different. But for us, it was a really holistic approach to community and that anytime, for the most part, you heard from our company or we were listening, it was our community team doing that. So that means everything from writing for the blog or hosting events and then all the way down to like writing policies for what you could and couldn't post on the site and doing any kind of customer support. Um, so it, it, we did everything. And it was a really amazing thing, I think, even though it was difficult, like it was a lot of work, um, because we knew every side of our product and we knew exactly how the most frustrated people spoke about Instagram and what made them upset. And we also knew what the most passionate Instagram users loved about Instagram. And we used all of that, like brought it back to the product team. But we also used it to inform later on our brand voice when we were speaking to tens of millions of people about Instagram. You know, we had this really strong foundation of listening to people and understanding every kind of user and, and what the product meant to them. That's so cool. Wow. Well, I have tons of questions for you now, but the first one um, might be a little difficult, but how do you think about the projects that you accomplished while you were there? Is there one that maybe sticks out to you as, as maybe the most impactful thing you did while you were on the team? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I feel like I had a couple of things that I did that were ongoing that in terms of impact, I mean, I feel like, you know, I ran the suggested users list, which was hand curated. Like at the time when we started doing that, um, you know, like if you looked at the suggested user list for something like Twitter, it was Lady Gaga or Justin Bieber. And ours was, you know, a, an amazing hedgehog account from Japan or, you know, I, one of my favorite users of all time is an American kid who's teaching English in Pyongyang directly to North Korean students. And when I, I think that I, I feel the most emotionally connected to, to that project personally, um, just because it was person to person, you know, like I was forming, it felt really was forming these connections to everyone that I would put on those lists and seeing their lives and then sharing them out with the world. And I developed a lot of personal relationships with those people just through emailing. So I think that for me really sticks out. But um, maybe one that would be most interesting to talk about, though, is just like some of the product launches that we did. They were a little bit more focused, but um, launching Android for Instagram was a, a huge deal for us and one of probably the bigger product launches that's ever happened because we were on iOS for so long only and, and we had a million people download the Android app in one day, I think. Actually, that I don't know if that's public information, so we might have to edit that part out. Um, but we had just tons, you know, it was a huge product launch and, and video for Instagram was another really, really huge product launch and it might be interesting to talk about one of those um, that kind of has more specific and tangible details if you want to. Yeah, I, I mean, all of these sound 
tremendously impactful. But maybe let's start with the suggested users because, like you said, that had a really human element and really probably transformed the user experience because it puts them in context the second they log into the app for the first time. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, I might I might be able to talk a little bit about how even you know launching Android, for example. We had to be, we were four people sitting in Menlo Park. Um, you know, we were all like about the same age and our lives looked like very much like American San Francisco lives. And we realized when we were launching, you know, this app that was going to be an Android app, there were countries that were, you know, I think Korea is, it might be somewhere up in the, it's definitely majority Android, but I think it might potentially be up in the 90%, 90th percentile in terms of what what device people are using they're they're overwhelmingly android um and there's different countries around the world they're all trending that direction but we knew that if you were a korean user and you decided you wanted to download instagram and you got all of a sudden got greeted by you know either an american celebrity or some guy taking photos in san francisco that would be really confusing for you. <laughs> like, you know, there wouldn't be that much value that, that that person is offering to your experience. And we always saw the suggested user list as a way these people were, were showing other people what Instagram was, um, how to use it, and what made it special. And if, if that fell flat on you and you didn't have any interesting content, um, we might lose a lot of people. And so we spent, you know, I spent one of my first jobs at Instagram was just finding people in all of these different countries who are using Instagram on Apple, on iOS, um, who we could put on the suggested user list so that when someone that looked like them or spoke their language downloaded the app, they would have meaningful content. That's amazing. Did, did everyone on the team kind of agree on the approach that you were taking with suggested users or how did, how did the plan kind of evolve? Because I'm sure, you know, with a small team that was really invested in this product, people yeah. had, had different opinions. How did, how did that planning process work? Yeah. So, you know, early on, I think that it wasn't super well thought out necessarily. Like, that we didn't have it not it wasn't well thought out but we didn't have sort of like a list of things that we were looking for with a suggested user and i think that that makes sense when you launch something you need to have intent but you're not gonna know exactly exactly what the thing is until you create it and put it out into the world what kind of behaviors people are going to have that are featured on suggested users and and what we're really looking for so i mean from the beginning we really like i said it, it was built into the right when you sign up for instagram you get hit with the suggested user list and so we knew that that was what the product experience people were going to have was and we wanted it to be something that new users who downloaded instagram um would 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 want so how do you know see how people are using the app well see how people that are fluid with it are using it um but as time passed we just started seeing okay like you know what are some behaviors that we're seeing that maybe aren't aren't that awesome and what are some behaviors that we're seeing that we think are great and we want to see more of on instagram and to give you some concrete examples um you know, one thing we always looked for, we wanted Instagram to be a positive community. We It, it was from the beginning, but when you think about something like YouTube in comparison to Instagram, I think traditionally YouTube used to be a pretty, like, intense place to be. You know, the comments were, like, very brutal. And on Instagram, we started out with a community of people that 
were so supportive. It was sort of like creative collaborators, you know, you would post a photo and someone else might give you feedback or an opinion about something. And we wanted to see with our suggested users that they responded to comments, that they kept that sort of like commitment to seeing the other people that they were interacting with online as other as as real human beings instead of sort of like the darkness of the internet so one thing we would look for is just like do you respond to comments um the other thing we would look for was are you are you are you sharing mobile photos because that's what instagram really at its core was is, a, is it was about you you going out into the world experience something and you happen to have your phone on you and you want to capture that moment and send it to other people um, who aren't there with you and it wasn't really you know like a sense of like flicker like a, a repository for a ton of images that you took on your slr or dslr and so we would we would make, try to make sure that people were taking photos with their mobile phones um and then on on the flip side you know further along we started seeing people post a lot of brand content for example um you know once you get some traction or you have a, a following brands come because they want they want exposure to that following um and we found that that would be like a lot of times really confusing for new users if they sign up and you know the first thing you see is like a picture of you with a ford focus talking about you know how great the ford focus is at ford and i think it just you know that's not the core user experience the core user experience is people sharing photos from their everyday life and so we would make decisions like that you know given instagram's unique value and what people like the average user really derives value from the app um how they drive value from the app we try to kind of put that in the forefront and just consider you know the psychology of a new user through who we would put on that List. Was that kind of the way that you measured success? Was it more of a, a retention number that the longer you could keep them engaged, uh, the more successful you assumed the suggested user's feature was? Or did you have other metrics that were um, kind of hints of how successful you were with the, this initiative? Yeah, you know, I think, to, to first off, like, we were so tiny that we had so little metrics. I think, like, <laughs> very few people like know how little I mean we knew just very very little about our users um and knew very little about content engagement you know we were really just like trying to keep the site up and then trying to build new products that we knew people really wanted like android for example um so we didn't have too much we didn't have too much tangible like data behavioral feedback um but you know the way that we saw the list was we really wanted to find, to like kind of direct as much as possible, like meaningful and relevant engagement to these people that were doing awesome things. And I don't know if we did an awesome job at that as we got bigger because, you know, I think that a lot of people's following numbers would really bloat and then they, they kind of lost the sense sometimes of who their, of who their following was. Um, but the main thing we wanted to do was just like help give new users content that was inspiring and help them think about photos they might take and spoke to them at a level that made it relevant. Um, so as much as possible, like I think the way that we, we would kind of measure success was like, is, are we finding like people following these people and engaging with these people and vice versa? Like, is this something that's actually like content that's bringing value and feels like human to the people that have decided to follow it. That makes total sense. The, um, the thing that I keep coming back to is that much of our audience 
um, is going to be operating in a larger team. And so when they hear about how nimble you are, uh, they might be envious of kind of this small group that can take risks. But um, what that also makes me realize is that sometimes a large corporation does have, uh, you know, an advantage in their number of resources and personnel. How, how did you guys end up prioritizing? So in this case, you have limited resources, but you can take risks. Yeah. How, how did you think about which projects to actually take on? Yeah, you know, it's actually, I have to say, um, I think that that is one of the biggest things that made Instagram successful. And having gone to other organizations doing freelance work and just having more work experience now, I realize how rare it is to have leadership that one of Kevin, the founder's favorite quotes um, that I think about all the time is a Mark Twain quote. And he said, I would have, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. And I think that he and Josh, who I worked with, were really good at doing the thought up front to say, what, are, what is the most important thing that we need to work on now, given, given our vision for the company? Um, and so I think that means, you know, you have to have a vision for the company to start with. But they were incredibly good at paring away things that didn't matter. And I think... What, you know, that, that included stuff like, for instance, like account switching on Instagram. Like we heard people asking about that all the time and they still ask about it all the time. And I think, you know, in the beginning we did things that only, only things that impacted every single user that used the product for the most part. Like we weren't doing any special use case building. Um, and, and so I think this ability to pare down to the things that have the most impact for the most users, like the strongest and most valuable, most meaningful impact for the most users is something that I wish I could say, you know, this is how you do it at other places. But I think it just is really like a thought exercise and a vision combination. But then, you know, the second piece of that is when you're on the ship, you don't realize the ship is being steered. Um, but I realized like another thing is, is just, you know, we were really busy, like we were massively understaffed with the amount of people that were using Instagram and I worked a lot of hours. Um, and there was always a sense of franticness, which I think is common among small companies and big companies to be totally honest. But the thing that, that the Instagram guys did that I also think was just super crucial was beyond prioritizing. It was, it was taking those priority priorities and effectively communicating them to the company and steering the company in, in that direction. So, you know, like how, how do you get this group of 13 people, which seems small to like head in the same path. And especially when that path changes, it's really hard, you know, like when you're a small company trying to figure out how to grow and how to be successful, you will have to always be introducing new initiatives. So you're asking people to like do their existing work and add something else, add something new. And, um, yeah, from a leadership perspective, just like there was a lot of clarity around what my priorities were, like what, what the most impactful projects were that I could do that I was excited about and how, like, I had a lot of help, too, of, like, eliminating the stuff that I wasn't excited about that wasn't impactful. Like, my managers made a point um, of, of clearing that stuff away or, or quickly outsourcing, um, if that makes sense. So I'm not sure that I, I, get, I, I gave too many specifics, but I think, I think 
just that combination of spending time to think really thoroughly upfront about what your vision is for where the company is going to go in the next three to six months. And then having moments, whether it's one-on-one between a manager and someone working for them or team moments where you hit people with that message to make sure folks know what the priority is. Like that can't, that can't really be understated. I think it it can't be underdone really at, at, at a small company. Yeah. I think that's amazing advice and, and maybe for my edification and for the audience as well, what was kind of the time cycle on setting those priorities? Was it that three to six month window, like you're saying, or were you guys, you know, putting your heads together and making that vision uh, a bit more concrete or revising the vision on a more frequent basis? Yeah, you know, I think one of the best things about working at an app um, and in a product company is that everything really does fall around the product development cycle. And Instagram was always adding new features. And so we would kind of go in these cycles of a launch and then a period of time where it was sort of like housekeeping, um, where we knew that there were a few tasks that were getting unruly that were just cyclical daily things that we needed to do to keep the site going. And sort of like after a major product launch, our team would then like step away from focusing on the product quite as much. And we would do like different things that we wanted to outsource or scale, especially in customer support, for example. Um, Or we might, you know, ask for a redesign of the blog or ask for some kind of like product work that we needed help with in that period after a product development cycle when uh, there was more strategic thinking going on, but we might have a few more resources available to do work outside of the core product. And then, you know, about, about two weeks to a month before a product launch, pretty much everything that we would do would be unified around that launch. Um, so, you know, for instance, with video, one thing that we did was we got, we asked users all around the world, some big folks who were in different countries with different point of views to record video, um, like Instagram style videos of, of, of their lives. And then um, we used that content for the launch and, and it was like a big and, you know, lots of NDAs and um, a big, a big production to be communicating with so many different people around the world, getting all this content. And then we would talk about policy implications and what it, what it would mean now that we have this different media on Instagram. And, and so kind of like leading up a month ish into a product launch, depending on how big it was, um, we'd really sort of sink ourselves back in with the product team and make sure that we were ready um, to get that out into the world. So I think that having these, it's, it really can't be understated too. I think having these moments of, of unified focus of some kind of release or some kind of shared push that's a, you know, on a three to six month timeline, um, where everyone can feel like we made something, we put it out into the world, we, we did it together as a company, and we can reflect on it as a company, um, and then sort of intersperse between those moments, these things that are just like piling up, or, you know, stuff that has become unruly, or, or things that you need to move around organizationally, like immediately after, after those kinds of big releases. Yeah. I'm over here taking notes because this type of uh, cyclical process is something that I think every company could learn from with, um, you know, those peaks of activity followed by a slower period of stabilization. That's really cool. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, that reflection is nice, the housekeeping is nice, but it also just is such a stoke for your morale to have something that is very clear that everyone was focusing on together and getting that out into the world. And it was something I missed a lot as a freelancer, um, was just to have that moment, the high five moment, you know, mm. and I, I think that it's a, also a really easy culture win in a way. Like, yeah. like, you know, I think a lot of startups struggle with putting time towards culture. It makes sense. Um, but you know, it's such an easy way for everyone to have a moment of bonding and, you know, go grab a drink or whatever, but it just, it gives you identity about what you're working towards and what you've accomplished. Well, Bailey, thank you so much for joining us and kind of letting us see behind the curtain at Instagram. Just hearing about your processes and, and the team dynamic was really eye-opening. So thanks again for having, um, you know, spending 10, 20 minutes with us and sharing that. Super happy to, Trent. I'm such a fan of yours, so it's always nice to talk with you.